The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. One guest on the show today, and it's a favorite of all of yours. Doc Walker will be on with me starting in the next uh, segment. The show today is brought to you by our good friends at MyBookie. Football is back. So is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit. Well, you can cash out early and use the funds on another bet or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now. Register for an account. It doesn't cost you anything to sign up for an account. When you're ready to make that first deposit, use my promo code KevinDC to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code Kevin DC to claim your deposit bonus. And for a limited time, you'll get a free chip to use in the MyBookie World Class Online Casino. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. Uh, I was looking at something earlier today. Um, somebody sent this to me. It was a link to, uh, I, it was a service that put out projections for point spreads for every NFL game this year. And Washington was favored in just two of its 17 games as of today, August 16th. They're favored in the opener against Arizona. Uh, by the way, at my bookie right now, they are a six-point favorite. And then they are a projected one-and-a-half-point favorite over the Bears in their Thursday night Week 5 game. Now, just as a comparison, uh, they did the same thing last year. They actually got some that were close to the actual point spread, but some of them were just so far off. Like, this is a ridiculous exercise to project point spreads for games in November and December. Um, It's impossible. You don't know what these teams are going to be, and you don't know who's going to be available to play. But I give you um, the biggest whiffs from last year's projections week by week of the 2022 season in terms of point spreads and what they actually were as far as Washington's schedule goes. So their week three game against Philadelphia in August was a pick game. When we got to week three, 
Philly was a six-point favorite. Uh, The Monday night game in Philadelphia that Washington pulled off the big upset in to stop Philadelphia's run at a perfect season, the projected point spread in August was Philly minus 3.5. Philly a a 3.5 point favorite. The actual line, Philly went off at minus 11. And so, now there were some that were really close. Uh, The San Francisco game late in the season, I mean, in August, they predicted that San Francisco would be a six-and-a-half-point favorite over Washington uh, Christmas weekend. And, yeah, that's exactly what it was. The 49ers were six-and-a-half-point uh, favorites. Uh, but it's hard to pull this off. By the way, with respect to the Philadelphia point spreads that were so off, remember this time last year, there were a lot of question marks about Philadelphia, a lot of question marks about Jalen Hurts. This is why, like, you know, from one NFL season to the next, it's just hard. Jalen Hurts was the biggest mystery for Eagles fans and for NFL odds makers. And that's why they were projected as a pick 'em in week three at Washington and ended up being a six point favorite when, you know, in the first two weeks last year, if my memory serves me correctly, I'd have to pull this up. But Philadelphia scored. A shitload of points in week one against Detroit last year. It was like 38 to 35, I think was the final score. Uh, yeah, they won 38 35, and then they beat Minnesota on a Monday night 24 to 7. And already Hertz had thrown in two games, he had thrown for 576 yards and a bunch of touchdowns. So, but going into that season, nobody was sure about Jalen Hurts. Remember the year before, he had played well primarily as a runner, and Philly had gotten to the postseason, but he laid a big fat egg in the uh, playoff game at Tampa Bay. So, I, you know, I'm trying to think of really like the comp for Jalen Hurts this year. In some ways, it's Justin Fields, except I think it's Justin Fields like Chicago may make significant improvement this year who knows maybe they make the playoffs as a wild card team um and and Justin Fields you know does an incredible job running the football and improves as a passer um although then again Jalen Hurts wasn't even a given to be a starter Justin Fields is a given to be a starter I don't know what the comp is for uh for Jalen Hurts going into last year you know, I don't think it's Daniel Jones, even though Daniel Jones got to the postseason for the first time and won a game. He's been around too long, and that now they've invested in him, so that's a terrible comp. Um, yeah, I don't even know what it would be. Uh, I don't know that there is a true comp for what Jalen Hurts last year was, which is he's on a really good football team, and he's the biggest question mark. You know, that would there's just no other example. I mean, I guess Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson in terms of veteran quarterbacks that are big mysteries, but you know that there's a big upside there, but you also wonder whether or not they'll get to it. I I think I always felt Jalen Hurts had a big upside. Anyway, uh, mybookie.ag, promo code KevinDC. The Ravens are three-point favorites over Washington on the Monday night football game in the all-important second week of the preseason. That has replaced the all-important third week of the preseason. Uh, But I don't even know if the second week's important anymore because it just seems more and more 
teams are choosing health over getting, you know, game action in an actual game environment. Uh, By the way, and I mentioned this uh, earlier uh, on my radio show, and it just kind of occurred to me right before the show started, that two weeks from today, it will be August 30th. It'll be the day after the cutdown date on August 29th. And if you didn't know this, this year, cutdown happens all at once. You go from 90 to 53 by 4 p.m. August 29th. So two weeks from now, we'll be talking about 37 players having been released by Washington. Uh, You know, in the past, it was always a couple of cuts before you got to the last one, which was the major one, but it wasn't 37 players. You were typically going from like 75, I think, to 53. It was like the final 22, Um, something like that. Uh, But no, now it's one fell swoop, and I would imagine – and, and keep in mind, because you've got so much time between the final preseason game and the regular season uh, start, uh, opening. I mean, it's like 16 days in some cases. You know, there could be a lot of movement um, and on that cutdown date. Uh, with players out there, you know, Washington could be busy signing players. I think the cutdown areas that are going to be the most difficult are going to be wide receiver and probably the secondary you know, those are going to be difficult areas to uh, pick those last, you know, one to two roster spots um, in those areas. I mean, you could make the case the secondary is as talented and as deep as any other position group on the team. I was on a radio show in Boston late yesterday. Uh, it's a group that calls me every single year to preview Washington's upcoming season. And they, uh, like everybody nationally, they emphasize how great the defensive line looks from, you know, from their seat because of all of the first round, you know, um, numbers next to names, uh, Sweat and Allen and Payne and then Young. Lots of questions, by the way, about Chase Young. And I said it may be the best front line starter unit on the team, but if you, com- you, know, if you include depth, it's probably the secondary at this point. We're wide receiver, one of the two, but two weeks from now we'll be talking about uh we'll be talking about thirty-seven players being released and maybe Washington being busy looking for help in the areas where they need help, like offensive line. Uh the Opportunity for all of you to rate and review the show is there, even right now. If you want to pause it uh, and subscribe to the show, that's important. Follow us, that's important. Apple allows you to follow us in the upper right-hand corner of the Apple Podcast uh, screen. Spotify, it's down the left-hand side. Following us is a big deal. Subscribing to the podcast is a big deal. And rating and reviewing us uh, is always appreciated. Um, We've gotten so many good ratings and reviews. Uh, This one, real simple. I mean, this is what Snow20 said to us. Uh, Best DC sports podcast. Kevin and Tom are the best five stars. That's really all we're looking for. Now, some of you have really taken the opportunity to express your appreciation for the podcast. And every once in a while, every once in a while, uh, we get those of you who have a lot of recommendations on how to improve the show. And by the way, I read those too. But uh, this one comes from Sean. Uh, Sean writes, 
First time, long time. I was devastated when Kevin went off the air on 980 a few years back. Five years ago. Five years ago, almost to the day, Urban One had acquired the station from Red Zebra. And by the way, Dan's Red Zebra group got a great deal on the station. Uh, Urban One was a big uh, and still is a huge radio company. Uh, and they acquired 980. They had never acquired a sports talk station. They didn't know anything about talk radio or sports talk radio. Um, but they were based here, and they wanted uh, the the opportunity to kind of learn. Well, you know, I've told this story many times. Um, they wanted me back, but they wanted me back at a 40% compensation discount. And I wasn't going to be working with Cooley anymore. And so I told them no thanks, but no thanks. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it forced me to launch this podcast five years ago. Now, it wasn't exactly five years ago because it was early September, right before the first Alex Smith home game, uh, road game against Arizona, the season opener. Adrian Peterson, Alex Smith, they go to Arizona, they win 24 to 6. And I launched the podcast that week leading up to that game with the help, by the way, of Tony um, and Mark Stern. They were tremendously helpful. And Tony was really the biggest advocate uh, for me to do this. I mean, he was the biggest, he's like, you have to do this. This is something that is, it'll work, it'll work for you, you've got an audience, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. I didn't feel so, I didn't feel it in the moment, to be honest with you. I was concerned, you know, I, I, I just couldn't, people were taking pay cuts, don't get me wrong, but they not only wanted me to take a significant pay cut, they took Cooley um, from the show, which I told them, I'm like, this is a bad idea if actual audience and revenue generation is part of what you want, you know, to come out of this purchase, uh, you know, I think you should leave Cooley and I uh, uh, together. And we were, I mean, the, the show that we had together generated really good revenue for Red Zebra, really good revenue. But anyway, five years ago, launched the podcast and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Now, eight months later, nine months later, they came back and said, we want you back. And and so it was uh, about a year, I guess it was like 11 months of being off radio. Yeah, back in 20, uh, 2018, um, five years ago. But anyway, uh, Sean writes, I was devastated when Kevin went off the air uh, on 980 a few years back. I'm grateful he's back on the air, even more grateful for the podcast, especially because as a bonus, we get the Sports Fix 2.0 with Tom. One of my favorite episodes from the past year was when in a single episode they covered archery, UFOs, the Kansas City Chiefs run to the World Cup, and people getting thrown into wood chippers in Cumberland. Uh, thank you, Sean. And Sean went on to uh, write uh, a lot more. Um, he did say he made one constructive criticism, and I'll read it to you. He said, uh, he said, I know you love when we program the show for you. He said, uh, he said, to the much, to the very loud and annoying minority of the Harvest Feast crowd, it's clear you love dunking on them. Who doesn't? But I think sometimes the content is directed at them too much instead of us norms. 
i.e. going a bit over the top about how nobody wanted enemy. I can only imagine what they put you through, LOL. Um, no, it's, it's, look, every day is a new day and trying to come up with what to talk about. Some days are truly easy. Those days start, by the way, in about three weeks. Um, the beginning of football season through really the NFL draft is the easy time of the year to do uh, a show like this. Um, and then, you know, June, although I love the NBA, May and June, um, but, you know, July and August are typically, uh, you know, the months where, you know, it takes a lot of sometimes creativity at the beginning of a, of a, of a day or uh, the night before because there isn't the obvious. Um, but I think the enemy thing, I just don't understand, and I don't think it's even the Harvest Feast uh, crowd only. I think a lot of people everywhere, here and nationally, think that Washington really got themselves an absolute steal in Eric Bieniemy, and they may have, but again, my point, um, Sean, is that they didn't have to fight anybody for him. Uh, but anyway, Sean finished up his uh, review with, uh, as Zabe says, let's go have ourselves a season. First time reaching out, longtime listener. Sean M. Yeah, Zabe's favorite uh, favorite saying this time of year as we got ready for the regular season each year was, "Hey, it doesn't look that, it doesn't look that great, but let's go have ourselves a season anyway." Um, and uh, this one to me looks really interesting. It does. Uh, anyway, uh, please rate us and review us um, if you have a moment to do so. And following us and subscribing is big for us as well. So how quickly is new ownership paying off for this franchise? Well, this afternoon, uh, the team announced a new partnership with Verizon that will improve the experience for fans at FedEx Field starting in 2024. Uh, Verizon named the official 5G network of the Washington Commanders. Verizon is the first corporate partner to sign on with the Commanders since the sale of the team was finalized last month. Um, Verizon's Chris Flood, the Atlantic North Market president for Verizon, said, quote, as a new corporate partner supporting the Washington Commanders, we look forward to providing technology solutions that will improve the experience for fans on and off the field and ensure reliable communications for game day operations and personnel. This is an exciting new chapter in Commander's history, and we are excited to be a part of it in a big way. Closed quote. Very rarely, if ever, in the past have we read press releases and now announcing corporate uh, partnerships. Uh, but um, Verizon, the first official corporate sponsor to sign on since the change in ownership. And this is, you know, been something that's been missing in recent years. You know, we've talked about the ancillary revenue after the media, uh, you know, one thirty second cut that Washington gets, which is the same cut the other 31 teams get. You know, that ensures that the league and every single team in it will be viable forever, as long as that media money continues to be there and there's no sign of it slowing down. It's only been going up. In the other bucket of revenue, you know, ticket sales, ticket, uh, then game day, um, you know, revenue from concessions and parking and then 
corporate sponsorships, et cetera. Washington's been near the bottom of the league in recent years. And this is when I've said before, Washington and Dan in particular has been, you know, one of the worst earners in the league that had to just burn him up. I mean, from from 20 some years ago, being one of the top earners in the league, along with the Cowboys. And then there was big separation, remember, between Washington, Dallas and whoever or whomever number three was. Um, They had become a bottom of the barrel earner in the league. Uh, And part of the Josh Harris business plan that he sent out when he was raising money and trying to find, you know, uh, co-investors to buy the team was that once Dan was gone, all of a sudden revenue floodgates would open up. And this is an example of one of those revenue streams that's, you know, kind of had the gate closed for a few years. uh, And now um, it probably won't be at least for, Uh, the time being. So good for them. Um, Anyway, uh, there was some football again today up in Baltimore, day two of the joint practices between the Ravens and the Commanders. I wanted to go back real quickly to yesterday because I missed this quote. I saw it this morning. Marlon Humphrey, the corner for Baltimore, said about Sam Howell, quote, he looked really comfortable. He's a second-year guy, but he looked comfortable back at quarterback, closed quote. Marlon Humphrey, by the way, got hurt yesterday. Uh, he's going to be out for a while. Um, but that was, you know, that that kind of fits with what we've seen Um, in the preseason game and what people have seen with Sam Howell out at training camp. He really seems to be comfortable with everything. It's one of the uh, pieces to my game take the other night is the poise, calm. He just kind of looked the part, Um, which leads me to really the newsworthy item of day two of the joint practices. It's not really that newsworthy to me, but it made – Uh, headlines um, earlier today. Uh, Ron Rivera was asked about whether or not he was ready to name a starting quarterback yet, and he said he isn't ready to name a starting quarterback quite yet. Um, Ben Standig um, had uh, some information on that. He uh, tweeted out the following uh, about Ron Rivera's comments. He wrote, quote, Ron Rivera said he isn't ready to name anyone the starting quarterback, but Rivera said he would speak with Eric Bieniemy and QB coach Tavita Pritchard once the team returns home. I'd imagine we'd hear the obvious news no later than post-game Monday, if not by Friday's practice. Uh, Kime had, you know, basically the, the, the same thing that Ben had. Um, Kime wrote, quote, Rivera declined to officially name Hal as the starter for the season. However, they'll meet over the next two days. Could lead to a formal announcement on Friday. Hal hasn't done anything to lose the job, but these two days were key. Go back, analyze, discuss, and proceed. Um, From James on Twitter, what's Ron trying to pull? Does anybody believe that this has been a competition I don't get what the hesitancy is to name Sam Howell the starter, as it seems many other teams around the league are doing. Um, You can follow me on Twitter at Kevin Sheehan DC. Tweet me at Kevin Sheehan DC. Um, I don't have a big reaction to him waiting on this. You're right 
there are other uh, you know programs out there. Like Anthony Richardson was apparently floored that Shane Steichen in Indianapolis named him the starting quarterback for the upcoming season the other day. Uh, that was supposed to be a legitimate competition between Gardner Minshew and Anthony Richardson. Remember, many people thought Richardson uh, was – Uh, a prospect that needed a year to sit behind a veteran quarterback. But, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't bother me. I guess, you know, on one hand, it's like Ron's opening up about people coming to him uh, to complain about Eric Bieniemy, you know, and it's like he, he can't tell us the obvious, you know, on August 16th that Sam Howell, who, by the way, he has slapped the QB1 label on many times, uh, Howell's basically had every rep in training camp with the first team. It's not been a legitimate competition. Sam Howell's going to start the season at quarterback. There's no chance that that's not happening unless there's an injury. So I don't know. I mean, is it is it a competitive advantage? Not really. I mean, the Cardinals don't think for a second, you know, doing their any sort of level of of research about who's taking all of the reps with the ones and who's starting the preseason games. They're not going to think that all of a sudden after the Bengals preseason game. The Washington's going to name Jacoby Brissett the starter with no first-team reps throughout camp and in the preseason. Uh, I, but it doesn't bother me. It really doesn't bother me that much. It just is – it is odd. The, uh, the things Ron is willing to kind of offer up versus those things that he thinks maybe i got to keep those things close to the vest. I got to keep those things. I got to. I got to play with everybody out there. I got to make them believe. I mean, I guess you could make the case that you don't want to give it and just hand it to Sam Howell. You know, after one preseason game, that the illusion of some sort of competitive, uh, uh, you know, situation for him, or at least the idea that he still has to earn it. You know, Ron did say yesterday that he didn't think the ball was coming out quickly enough. Um, you know, a, a constructive criticism, I guess, of of Sam Howell. But anyway, uh, it doesn't really bother me as much as it does you, James. Uh, it really doesn't. Um, let's get to Doc. Uh, we'll do that right after these words from a few of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Before we get to Doc, let me just mention that this segment of the show is brought to you by the Circa Million and the Circa Survivor Pools in Vegas. The Circa Million is $6 million in guaranteed prizes, a million to the winner. Pick five games against the spread every week. If you've got the best record at the end of the year, you will pocket a million dollars. But another $5 million in guaranteed prizes, the top 100 pays. The Survivor Pool guarantees $8 million to the winner or winners. Uh, a Survivor Pool for most of you, I think most of you know, some of you don't. You pick one team straight up, no point spread every week to win. If that team loses or ties, you're out. But if they win, you keep going. And if you're the last one standing, it could earn you $8 million. Uh, $14 million in guaranteed prizes with the Circa Million and Circa Survivor uh, from the Circa Sportsbook and Casino, the biggest and best sportsbook in Vegas. There's no rake. Uh, all the extra money goes into the prize pool. Entry deadline September 9th at 2 p.m. That's the Saturday before the first full Sunday of the season. You've got to register in person at the Circa in Vegas, but weekly picks can be made through a proxy from anywhere, and that's how I did it. Uh, the Circa Million and the Circa Survivor pools presented by the Circa out in Vegas. Uh, Doc Walker jumps on with us. I was in Vegas, by the way, um, la- a week and a half ago, as you know. Uh, I was there. I met Casey. Casey is one of your favorites, and you are definitely Absolutely. one of his favorites. Absolutely. He was in, L- you know, well, he, he lives in L.A., so he came and met me in Vegas. And I went to the good. Circa where Tim Murray works and where yeah. Aaron works, uh, yeah. and they're doing well. And then from there... I went and visited our boy, Christopher cool Cooley. Yeah, yeah. Now, did you have any air conditioning where you were at? <laughs> You've already talked to Larry, haven't you? You already know that. No, dude. I just, no. What? I know how he's a nomad. And so I'm saying, <laughs> when you're in his environment, you got to go play by his rules. And I don't see you as a city slicker being able to deal with the mosquito. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. Um, they're at 4,000 feet of elevation, so it doesn't get really hot. So the need for air, condition, air conditioning isn't that great. And, yeah, there are a lot of flies, but there aren't a lot of mosquitoes. Mosquitoes weren't the problem. But you're right. They live – he's an outdoorsman, Doc. He's a nomad. I know. You know? He, look, he is who he is, and that's what makes him authentic. But you, in his environment, I just didn't see that working. (laughs) I didn't know how that fit. I mean, it was like, okay, let me see how you survive this. Well, so I wanted, the the reason I wanted to get to this is, so the, this just, look, this isn't totally me, but I've done a lot of this stuff, and my father's very much an outdoorsman, and a, and a big fly trout fisherman. And yeah, uh, my, I'm uh, sure his father was too. And my brother-in-law's, uh, my brother-in-law and my father-in-law, they're big hunters. It's not been yeah. my thing over the years as an adult, but I'm somewhat familiar with it. But I'm going to tell you right now, when we got out for one of these fishing uh, expeditions, um, we parked about a half mile away from the river that he wanted to, to go fish. And he, by the way, this is his hometown. He knows every nook and cranny Everything. of every Everything. river, every mountain, the whole thing. But, um, you know, he gets out of the car and he's loading up his 10 millimeter pistol and he's looking for the bear spray for me. He's like, 
And I'm like, well, what's going on here? And he said, well, this this area is the highest concentration of grizzly bears in the entire state of Wyoming. Yeah, yeah. And and I said, well, uh, so you got you've got the pistol. Where's the? What do I do with the bear spray? And he said, well, you you spray it at the bear. And he said, now a lot of the attacks, and there aren't many of them, but sometimes you don't even see the bear coming. But let me just say, typical of Cooley, I love him dearly, he forgot the bear spray. He left that at home. Yeah, but all this you knew going in. It's not like he surprised you. I mean, you didn't expect him to have everything he might have needed to have. And you know he's fearless. Fearless. I mean, for him, he's absolutely is Daniel Boone. And so it meant nothing to him. What all of us were here waiting was to see, I know you're capable of roughing it, but your ideal deal of the rough is with a wedge in your hand. (laughs) And so in a stretch, so I just don't understand. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, but we just all were so confused. Admire you and your friendship to where you would make yourself uncomfortable for a friend. Um, But... I just didn't understand it. I, that's no idea of a vacation to me. It's like <laughs> you lost a bet and you had to go pay it off. I'm laughing, my man. That shit was so funny. And I'm with Larry. I'm <clears throat> Larry. Can you imagine? I mean, what do you, what do you really think is going on with Kevin right now? I know he wants to be there and he wants to stand up to his word and and do all that. He's got to be miserable. I- I mean, I was I wasn't miserable. It was a great time because I'm with Chris, and we always have a good time, just like I always have a good time with you. Look, Chris would turn being in a concentration camp into a riot. (laughs) I get that, but we're still staying. Here's the country club guy, okay, who's used to having his toast and his tea, and now he's out cold roughing it. Man, it was the best laugh (laughs) we had. Thank you for that too, and also. Thank you for leaving your audience with me okay. for a few days. We had a ball. Um, I mean, we had a ball. You're like a principal type. And so everybody kind of is able to kind of let their hair down when you're not around. And <laughs> okay. I'll tell you what, we had an absolute ball. We're kind of like, it's almost like okay. we're in detention I know class. what you're doing. <laughs> I know like, what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no, you don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, I do. I'm being honest with you. No, and, no. and I'll tell you what, didn't he had a ball? He's the best. Being treated like an equal. No, stop it. And, and see really that. Co- don't do that because people actually, some people walk away thinking that Doc's telling everybody she treats his producers poorly. You name one producer that I haven't been the kindest person to. I'm the easiest person to work for. You were with a group there for a while that was difficult oh on a producer. Oh, okay, you know what? This is your show, so I'm going to stay in my lane, and I'm going to actually be like a guest. Yeah, well, l- the one last thing on the on the bear thing. Okay. When he okay. didn't have the bear spray, <laughs> what's the what's the chance, if you had been there, which would have been slim and none to begin with? It would have been imp- no, it would have been impossible. <laughs> what's the chance that when he didn't have the bear spray and he was holding the pistol, that, y- that you would have gone on a half-mile hike to the river to fish? Zero. Zero. My son just went up there to climb up the, up the mountain. I said, your son, you realize there's mountain lions 
up in the mountain <laughs> where you're going up in Utah. Yeah, yeah, I know. I said, good luck. Look, man, I, I admire you guys because you're adventurous. See, my idea of adventurous is going to see an R-rated movie. <laughs> That's it. I'm, I've All done right. enough ignorant things in my life. I'm done. All right. But um, I'm glad you made it back. That's the most important thing. So let's, when do you leave again? Uh, When's your next trip? Late, late next week. Okay, good. All right, good. God, I get to eat. Beautiful. Um. I, I do want to just mention one thing, and I don't need you to respond to this, uh, but okay. the preseason game last Friday night against the Browns, yep. you were missed. I'll leave it at that. Um, all right, so I'm going to ask you something that I talked about a little bit in the open to the show today. Okay. Ron okay. Rivera said today that he's not ready to name – Uh, publicly the starting quarterback, um, which Mm -hmm. I think we all know is Sam Howell. I mean, he is referred to Sam Howell as the QB1. Sam Howell's taken, I think, almost every single first-team rep in training camp. Do you have a problem with him playing coy on this and holding off on the announcement of Sam Howell as if there's actually legitimately still a competition going on? No, because I refuse to take any of that bait. Um, I don't focus on anything that any of them say. I'm strictly looking for the results that they can produce. And they lost me as a listener. But I'm a follower, Now I'm waiting to sit on their actions. doesn't matter what they say. I want to know what they do. And so far, this is the best camp that I've seen since he's been as, as head coach. Why? And And so because... The, the pace, because of the, the, the guy he hired, which is his, to him, kudos. He brought in a guy that no one wanted to give their whole program over to. He gave half of his over to him. And it's the best movies made since he took the job. And so I got to give him credit for that. Now, if they can get the results on game day, they've done a lot of good things off the field in the past. What they've not been very good at is once the game starts, outscoring the opponent. And so I'm just hopeful that all of this will lead to a victory against the Arizona Cardinals. Tell me what you've seen from Eric Bieniemy that has you um, so confident that Ron Rivera made the right call. Because he's taking the pressure off the guys, and he's the bad. He's a bad guy. Not the players. Not the scheme, not anything, not Ron, not anything. He is him. And he took training camp, which is mismanaged across the league board. But our Septembers, from a wagering standpoint, you may have made a fortune. As a diehard enthusiast over victory, I, I, my, my teeth have been smashed. So his formula is just horrendous for September results. So he made a change, brought in somebody that's completely different than him and anybody else who's been around him. And so that's what was needed. And so now, uh, whether or not they complained, I don't know what they did, if they did or didn't. I don't know anything. All I know is that when you see them on the field now in Cleveland and in Baltimore, as I've watched them in the scrimmages, there's intent. They, they, they're not, if you make a mistake, you, you've heard it, you've used it as a coach. Make it full speed. The worst thing you can do is show that you were indecisive and go half-ass. 
You make a mistake 100 miles an hour, you might end up getting lucky. So I like that, and I like the athleticism on the team, the team's speed overall. Those are things I like. What I don't like is that I don't know if we are we block well enough or stop the run well enough to be a champion yet. And so those are things that you have to wait and be patient with. And So that's what I'm watching, what I'm monitoring. I mean, my whole focus in the entire team, to me, goes across the board, offense, defensive line, period. Period. That's it. Right. And so I have enough question marks within those two units to where they're either going to make or break the season for me. And so that's where my attention is now. All right. I, I want to get back to O-line okay. and your concern over the ability to stop the run. But you didn't mention mm-hmm. among your concerns quarterbacks. So right. what have you seen with number 14 that makes you feel comfortable You know, heading into the regular season that that's not going to be an area of concern? Well, both guys are confident. This is the best arm room of arms we've had since Kirk Cousins departed. So we've got we've got big time throwers. They they have guns. They got touch. They can throw. All three of them can throw. And mobile enough. And fourteen should beat you with his legs. I don't think Jacoby can do that yet, but that kid can beat you with his legs if need be. I see such an up tempo, quick rhythm. Get the ball out your hand. If that or die. They don't have an option. The quick game, anybody could do. Ray Charles could see that. They got to have a quick game or no game because they couldn't stop running water right now. And so we're going to, but that could change because you can scheme. The thing he has over his predecessor is that I think you can scheme and help your offensive line, which Turner didn't do to my liking. There's no way Thibodeau is supposed to destroy a game, an undersized guy with speed, just, just, unheard of that one man could devastate you like that and not be LT. That's just poorly poor scheme. They'll do that and they'll get rid of the ball and they got an athletic quarterback. So if they give him and if certain people could, again, stay healthy, uh, Sadiq Charles, Nick Gates, and Stromberg, they got to prove if they can actually play, then we got a chance. What I can't do is I can't stop immediate penetration. I'm dead. But I can work with you on the edge if you if you're a folding if you're a folding chair. I can I can get around that. I can't get around the fact that if you are the two stiffs they had playing guard last year, I'm just there's no way you can do it. Don't you like Cosme? You're, just, you're done. I love Cosme, but he's got to have a reserve because he's not always available. He's got Shadiq Charles syndrome. Is that they're nicked really a lot? The linemen, I mean. And they're not. Nobody gets hurt on purpose. Nobody wants to be hurt. But trends are trends. And um, I love him. I think he's a Pro Bowl talent at guard. He may be forced back out if I don't see marked improvement or get some help. You know, you know whether or not it's Trent Scott, a King Baloo, or whether it's Daniels, whomever. I, I have a term I use as a, when I'm in a chair. It's called I, we need a hero. And they need a hero on that offensive line. It could be unfreed, drafted free agent. It could be a guy that was spending the night with a friend of the family. Anybody with good feet and long arms and an attitude. That's what's needed now. And it could very well happen. I haven't seen it yet, but it's possible. 
Um, I I was really impressed, and I talked about this on uh, the Friday night show after the game, and Monday, and even yesterday. I thought twenty three Rodriguez. Oh, looks... stop it! What? Stop it! You like him no. too? Yeah. What? I Beast mean, mode. Yeah. Well, that's right. You have Mad Joe on your show recently. He, this guy. Now here's the here's where it's a, we we're so rich in certain positions. The Nittany line and the Buckeye, he he's certified. He's like Art Monk to me. If I never mention Terry's name, don't don't think I'm slighting him. He I, I put him in Monk's category. It's a given with with me and, and Terry. This kid from Penn State. Well, Dotson. If if we could develop a, a line that could protect long enough to get into a five step game. Mm, it's absolutely over. You 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 have no chance with this receiver room and the tight end room. They they don't have time to get the tight end. They they can't. They just don't have enough time. But as they develop and get better, this skills group yeah is silly. It is. I am so excited. Now you can't get to them because you can't. There's no way. They can execute a five to seven step drop back plan with this current offensive line in the state that it's in. That's impossible. But they could work into it, down and distance into it, and they can get better. And maybe, maybe we can get to that. It's going to be quick game, roll out, move all that, which the enemy is a master at. I just can't wait to get him into the regular season because you're not going to see any of his tricks now. But just know this like the great Joe Gibbs. We showed you nothing in Priest ever. Never. Nothing. And that's what they'll do. All the smart ones do it. Only the idiots try to impress people that don't understand the game. They're playing to an audience that just absolutely has no factor on your results. But I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic as hell. I'm excited about the crowds, anticipating what will happen. Uh, I was just at the stadium for a fantasy uh, draft and <laughs> – your favorite pack and the place is sold out. It's going to be so. I think they all have all but two suites done. The place is it's going to be bedlam. Detroit sold out. So this is kind of like the night of the living dead for me. <laughs> and it's really yeah. seeing all this the, now. Zo- it'll be here out come the as zombies. quick as a whisper. Yeah. yeah, no, it's going to be as quick. It'll it'll be out just as quick as you can say that 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 is in. If they lose and somebody gets upset. Now, Detroit won't get spoiled because they're playing the world champions. But if these guys, if the fan base talks the team into thinking they're better than Arizona just by showing up, then all this could be poofed. Or it'll be a platform to week two, and it's going to become bedlam. Because I'm telling you what, this is one of the best atmospheres and anticipation I've been around in a long, long time. I know. This is fun. It's exciting. I can't wait for the But it's fool's goal. All right, back to the playmakers. Um, I started okay. with 23, Rodriguez, Kentucky Wildcat, and you immediately went to you know Buckeye and Nittany Lion and the playmakers, and I agree with you. Yeah. I think they have – I think Dots – if I were ranking the most dangerous playmakers on offense, I think Dotson would be number one for me. Would you – You would get you, no argument out of me because – I'm old enough to have seen and worked with Charlie Joyner. Mm-hmm. And 
the best route runner I've seen. Now, it's Raymond Berry-like, and that's a little old for you, but Raymond Berry. I remember 18, Joyner. I remember him. Oh, my God. Charlie Joyner. And when I give this kid that compliment, not only are these some of the nicest young men you'll ever meet, they're legit. There's not a jerk. And for a wide receiver group, right? I'm, I'm, I'm really on a roll now. This is a great group. They could lead your Sunday school lesson, or they could go out, you take them to the club and concert with you. They're versatile. They're athletic. They can all run. They're all special team. have special teams backgrounds. And they're football players. And I'm telling you, I am, and this is why I just want us to come of age. And it's, it's going to be a process. going to take some time. But we don't have the time. We've always farted around with September. We cannot give September away. we got to go take September. And I, I just, I'm hopeful that what I see will translate into better results. Uh, at Rick Doc Walker on Twitter, Doc's podcast uh, is at patreon.com slash Doc Walker. So let me just get to Chris Rodriguez. I love Robinson Jr., Gibson Gibson's one of my two or three favorite players on the team. In fact, behind Dotson, behind Dotson, I think Gibson might be the most dangerous offensive playmaker. But oh Rod- yeah, and he could be outside too. Yeah, but Rodriguez, yeah. but Rodriguez showed me something, and I, you know, I, I saw him at Kentucky. Powerful, you saw him. You powerful saw him. dude. You saw him. But yeah. he's got, I think, even quicker feet and better vision than Robinson Jr. Yeah, yeah, he could very, you know. One is, see, it's amazing that if I were to pick the battering ram, I'd pick Robinson as the battering ram, and Rodriguez, he, he shake and bake you too and run through you. He reminds me of like B. Mitch's running style. And Brian's intention was to split you in half. And a lot of guys never want to do that. They want to take a shoulder. Very few guys want to split you, want to bust your vertebrae. And this is not Rodriguez. And I saw the SEC. I'm, I'm like, we have some similarities. One, I want to pick my players from the SEC that did not go to Georgia, Alabama, or LSU. I want the guy that had to go against and play six games, because the other guys just play three games a year, that they actually have to get a sweat up for. But the guys that have to play seven or eight, and they're under man, and they make all SEC, and everybody respects them, that's a football player. And that's the guy I want on my team. That's how you build them. If you notice, our dear friend Spread Smooth, they're more Mississippi State Bulldogs in the league mm. than you can shake a stick so at. They ain't won nothing. So many. Right. On, they on can't de- win On defense, team. mostly. They're everywhere. They got players. They got players. You know, but they've not. they're not – as a group, have not been able to put it together yet. Right. But individually, and who they have to go up against, that's the guys I want. If I'm scouting, like Jimmy Johnson, wasn't afraid to go Miak, Swack. He shopped it, he did, he built his dynasty. Off the fact that these other clowns keep hanging around reading Smith and Smith and all them magazines. No, you got to go out and get your sack lunch and go out and scout and find you some canines. And our group here, they're bringing in people. I mean, the best guy in the country is in Dallas. 
that guy, he, he hits winner after winner after winner. But we're pretty good. We're pretty good, especially middle rounds. All right. Uh, and later, we're, we're pretty good. Tell me why you think um, stopping the run is – well, just tell me why you're concerned with that, with that particular aspect of what should be a good defense. But w- why is stopping the run going to be a problem? Well, until we prove that we can do it consistently, I mean, most people we've played it, they've gutted us, and we're always behind because we don't score enough points, so our defense is at a natural disadvantage. If we flip that and make our opponents chase, that'll change automatically. But until I see that, I can't guarantee that. Specifically, though, you feel good about the defensive front, right? Is it linebacker that concerns no, you? No, I don't feel. No, no, no. I feel feeling good and seeing them do their job versus running two different animals. Mm-hmm. Until they decide to play as a unit, they're never going to reach their potential as a team. You can't freelance. It ain't about you and your stats. It's about gap control. Who are you and teams that get the teams teams that get split, or when some guy decides to do his own thing on on, on maybe just one play, okay. and then I like Cody. We got to get a bona fide Dick Butkus type ass kicker at linebacker, and if a guy can't drive the speed limit, I no longer trust him to develop. So he's <laughs> yeah. got to prove to me. That I mean, he can pay attention was to just, rules. He's just a little bit over the speed limit. Yeah, well, you lost me, Slim. Yeah. I was defending you. I was hoping for you. See, a guy that's that undisciplined, I can't get put, put him in charge of calling my defense. He can't even manage his life. No, I got to get somebody, and I got him. I got him. 47, let me tell you something. I know, you like Lee Hudson. Oh, I love him. I love him. And these guys are around the ball in our, in our, sec, our safeties. We got a lot of people. They remind me of Alvin Walt. I love Dirty Al because mm-hmm. Dirty Al, I mean, Dirty Al, he would jet. He lived to inflict pain upon people. Yeah, he just he got off on that. He'd run in right into he, a wall head first. He loved it. And we got guys like that now. 40. We have got some attack dogs. Our secondary, all of them, they'll knock you out. Even uh, Slim Jim. Man, Slim Jim threw a right, left. A, he threw a combination on the guy that swung at him. He's a bulldog, so I know he's tough. I don't question any of that. All Emmanuel we need. Forbes, yeah. Yeah, all we need. Yeah, when you explain it to your, quote, fan base that's so rabid and understands the team, and you got to spell everything out for him every damn show. Yeah, that's really deep. Well, yeah, I you mean, really got a hell of a following. I'm just, yeah. I'm just making yeah. it clear. Because sometimes you'll just yeah. you'll throw no, out. No, not, no, 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 because they should know. Right. You're talking about you got the number one fan base in the Slim, National Football Slim, League, and you've got to feed them like they're babies. Slim Jim you're is a, feeding them pablum. Slim Jim's a pit bull. I just wanted to make sure everybody understood <laughs> that yeah, that okay. was Emmanuel Forbes. That's all. Right, okay, all right. Um, okay. In terms of uh, gap control and being disciplined, How's yep. Chase Young doing so far in camp when you've seen him before, you know, getting the stinger the other night? Um, I don't know. I don't, again, unless it's live, I don't really pay a lot of attention. The drills, I, I can't evaluate him until a real game. He got hooked on one play. 
then he was Deacon Jones on the other one, then he was out. So <laughs> pretty much gives me what he's sensational. Then he doesn't give me anything, then he's gone. So I, I got to have a better sample size. Chase Young can do anything on a football field he decides to make up his mind to do. The question is, will he decide to do it? All right, um, two more for for Doc Walker. Uh, Give me the player or players because this is your time of year when you you know you find a few of the young pups and they (laughs) they stand out and you you talk them up. Tell me about some of the players that are a little bit off the radar that you've noticed and you're really excited about. Well, you already know who they are, and when you mentioned it, Rodriguez to back. um, I love Ridgeway. If he was ever needed a ride at home and got stranded, he could call me. I'd come pick him up. Mm-hmm. He's absolutely filthy. I mean, occasional late hit. He, he just, he plays, he's my kind of guy. Big, flying to the ball, inflicts pain on the opponent, love him to death. Andre Jones Jr. Yeah. Let yeah. me tell you something. 48. I had a oh good for you good yeah, for you I, I had um, I had dinner with him um, I remember prior KJ Henry the pups yep. and what I said to him was I said you know what you better be glad Trent Williams is no longer here because he would have whooped your ass in practice <laughs> he told me he said <laughs> he said we'll keep your eye on me we'll see him week two we play him this year. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew then that he's my guy. He's my guy. He didn't give a damn who Trent Williams was. And he knew we going to play him, knew who he was. He don't back down from – I'm telling you, he's a hitman. You remind me of Dexter. I'm always looking for the next Dexter Manley. Yeah. I'm looking for the next world, Grant. We all do this. Well, you don't. But the rest of us <laughs> that are beneath you do. Yeah. I don't We're play. I don't. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't play a lot yeah. of the comparison games and the hypothetical stuff. That's more your thing. Yeah, um, yeah. I know it's more me. Well, that's what you asked the question. <laughs> KJ Henry, I, Andre Jones, Joshua Pryor, Rich. Those are my kind of guys. Straight out attack dogs. Right. The and, Andre Jones sticks out to me and did the other night because he's not like he's not your. Typical looking defensive end. He's tall. Right. I, how tall is he? And he's kind of, I'm not going to say he's Slim Jim like you did with Forbes, but he's more, um, what would the word be? Like angular. Like he's lean. Like yeah. De- Daniil Hunter in Minnesota is kind of that oh, tall, good comparison. lanky. You know all of Kurt's teammates. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. Um, but but that's when I when I looked at him. Great I'm comparison. Like, that's Great kind comparison. of the body type he has. Yeah, athletic, but even more so than what he brings there is his attitude. He is. You know how we could talk with Dexter. Yeah. I'm telling you, I had dinner. I told you. I said, let me tell you something. I mean, he don't back something. <laughs> and then in practice, man, he's making moves. He's gutting. To, I'm, he's the, he's that guy. Now he's got to stay healthy, and and things got got to go his way. It's just like when we're talking about the linebackers. And I told you that uh, I'm a big uh, Cody Barton guy. Yeah. Because I saw his work in Seattle. Anybody that can play for Pete Carroll can play for me. 
I mean, because his approach to football is like hardballs. I love these guys that get fined every year in camp and do it because they don't give a damn about. They understand there's only one way to build that callus, develop that mindset. Kalik Hudson, oh my God, another guy. He don't need AAA. You get a problem, call me. I'll come pick you up. Because I just adore the way he plays the game. They come after you, man. It's like the guys that you, you may not hear a lot about them because, again, you just may not. But F.A. Obata, yeah. you, right. you're getting a problem, Jam. Just call me. I'm coming. I'm coming to get you. That's your thing right now. You're going to be – I mean, you're going to have your own Uber service. Um, no, I'm just telling you. James yeah. Smith-Williams, yeah, he's on it. I can give you all the list of the guys I pick up. They call me 4 a.m. in the morning. Need a ride. I got you. Because they come to play. They can play three technique. They can go outside. They're not. They're not zeroed into one positional thing they can do. They can do whatever. They're football players. Right. Put them in whatever, and they don't care. They don't care about nothing other than succeeding, playing hard. Very seldom are they on the injured list. They play special. They just football players. Right. And I'm so happy that we have those kind of guys. I just hope that they get to be celebrated and get to win here and not be constantly in the news for everything other than their performance. Amen to that. All right, last one. Um, Thank you. Because I haven't talked to you about this, but as a Pac-8, Pac-10, Pac-12 guy, um, having had a a storied career at UCLA, which included a Rose Bowl win, um, what do you make of the Pac-12 disintegrating? Progress. What do you mean you progress? You got to go the money. Well, you can't be on at midnight. In other words, the nitwit that came up with this after dark crap should be. I loved it. And yet you loved it because <laughs> you're nocturnal. <laughs> and um, you got a great producer. You got a staff. Oh, you can yeah. wake up Big five staff. minutes before your show Big and staff. you got it yeah, going. Just, just rolling yeah. five minutes yeah. before. So yeah. you got, look, uh, look. St- it's okay. Yeah. I know you don't like the public to know. That's okay. Uh-huh. Let me take that back. Let me track that. He doesn't have a staff. He doesn't have a staff. Yeah. I, look, man, I love waiting to see Tennessee, Alabama. Answer, I, I, I answer see the Ohio question. State. How do you feel as a Pac, as a pa- long-time Pac-12 guy? I was Pac-8. It's, it's over. It's over. Uh, this is the it's last over. year, and you'll never Good. have that league anymore. Good. Good. Great. Great. Okay. Because AFL went to the end. No, it's progress. What do you want them to do? Progress is 110 Nobody's years. Watching. You own you own the game. You playing at midnight for the come on, man. Not always. Bad deal. You know it was well one, one of my favorite one of my favorite things when back in the day when you know you'd only have like one or two games on TV a week and oh yeah. You'd have the yeah. early game and the late game would be something yeah. out of the Coliseum or the Rose Bowl. Yep. And it was cold and dark on the East Coast, and it was bright and sunny on the West Coast. I love those yeah. games. I look, yeah. you see, you, you were it was changing for you anyway because UCLA was you know headed to the Big Ten, and um, yeah. we'll be uh, we'll be in the, the same conference together for the first time. Uh, but um, when you say we, Maryland, who are you for? Are you Penn State? Oh, you Maryland? Okay, what do you, I get confused. Who am I? What do you? Who, because you represent what kind of so many that? different. Different. Well, you. you Let me ask you, you something. How long have I've known okay. you for almost twenty years? 
I know. What what is what thing am I most passionate about? Terps basketball. Okay. So asking me which team. I know. I had to mess with you. <laughs> I, I take that back. Yeah. I apologize for that. That was really slanderous because you're very clear with your allegiance, although I was right. You wanted to stay in the ACC at the No Slim. You got to go to the big time. Mm. And now you haven't thanked me officially yet, but you will. In about a year and a half, you will. Sl- all right. Um, I thank you. I thank you all the time for everything. Um, I, I just, I, I get. No, I, look, I, I, I read I got your a threads. long list, and I, I, I'm I always read, I read your you. threads. I know people are constantly <laughs> requesting more of us. And I go, look, I can't make him ask me to come on. They keep asking me, how come you're not on? I, look, he makes all the decisions. And I, right now, I'm an emergency guy. Break glass, you know, when needed, and then I'm there. Slim. And no problem. But I just wanted your public to know, mm-hmm. it ain't me. Okay, I'm always available to right. be a part of the Sheehan Show. So you, you, you are. that's the way it goes. You are, and yeah. it's much appreciated, as always. Slim Jim Pitbull, Emmanuel Forbes, number 13. He is a bulldog, for sure. You're getting um, there. You're getting there. Uh, Doc Walker's podcast, he's got his own, which is one of the reasons I don't ask him to come on this one all the time, because he's uh, he's got his own. By the way, I haven't been on his podcast in over a year. I wouldn't Never dare. asks me to go on his podcast. Okay, now, um, let, now let's go full disclosure. Wh- full disclosure, okay. you do AM, AM talk. Yeah. And I tape. Seven thirty in the morning. Well, I I could and do. You, I'm I'm up. Well, I'm, no, I'm up you, two you, hours before that. No, you 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 were always on the air. I'm not Your anymore. Drive time host. haven't been well, for four months. I get, but you're, you're prepping and you've got all. No, so no, no, no. Everybody knows. Look, everybody knows the deal. All right. I mean, I just love listening to when you do your sponsor. I am so proud of you. When you start saying when you give the credits out, I just go wow. I knew him when he just had one. <laughs> okay. And now right, we're, and now he's Patreon.com uh, slash Doc bird. Walker. One of these days I'll get the invite to go on with Solly and yeah, Doc. Yeah, well, you know on, what? You did and, come on. came on the show on the weekend. I hate the It was like a year and a half ago. Um, no, no, no. That was because the podcast is hard for you. But the show, no, you came no, on Saturday. No. You came go, on a I'll couple weeks on, ago. I'll, I'll go on with you whenever you ask me to come on. I know, on. but I don't want, I know you're playing golf. Oh, it's the <laughs> last thing I want to do right, okay. is take you off golf or you're playing. What's the new thing you're playing now? Paddle ball? <laughs> it's not no, pickleball, which I'm not Pickleball. I'm not so playing. you got pickleball, you got golf, you got okay. so much All stuff right. that you do. But anyway, All right. um, give my best to your lovely family and yeah. uh, tell the boys it's not me. That's avoiding them is you not no, allowing me access. They're, they're not. They're not in town anymore. I mean, you know, they're. they're I know they're, it. They're doing their you own get, thing. You, you never get used to it. It's uh, not fun. I know. You, you've you've got the same yeah. situation with your three boys. It's not All fun. Right. Um, yeah, I'll talk to you later. Fun. Thanks. All right. Good deal, man. Appreciate you. Bye. Bye. All right, later. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll holler at you later. Later. I'm gonna get bye. this thing up. Bye. 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 Uh, I'm going to finish up with Hard Knocks. I watched uh, episode two last night. I've seen both of those episodes. And there was an incredible rant from the head coach of the New York Jets, Robert Sala, that I will play for you. I also have uh, a constructive criticism of the show. 
Uh, We'll finish up that way next, right after these words from a few of our sponsors. This final segment of the show brought to you by our good friends at Shelly's Back Room. You might be looking for a place to have a cigar when you make your way to Shelly's Back Room at 1331 F Street Northwest in D.C. You would certainly be in the right place if that's where you went, but you might be surprised to learn that you would also find one of the great food menus in the city. Lobster bisque for an appetizer, bacon-wrapped shrimp for dinner, key lime pie. It's good, too, for dessert. Just a few of the other choices coming out of one of the best kitchens you'll find in the district. A good meal and a good cigar, the good life. Find out more at Shelley's Back Room, 1331 F Street, Northwest. So I am watching Hard Knocks. I've watched the first two episodes, the Jets, Aaron Rodgers. I haven't watched a lot of Hard Knocks in recent years, but I've watched the first two episodes, but I don't know if I can watch anymore. Um, the uh, the praise, the over-the-top praise of Aaron Rodgers from everybody, coaches, uh, players, staff, it's just one constant suck fest of Aaron Rodgers. It's embarrassing. It, you know, I, I give HBO some of the blame because, you know, they're miking up a lot of the, the different players in, the, in different areas, and they're choosing to have 40 to 50% of the first two episodes be about how much they love Aaron Rodgers and about how he's doing things that just they've never seen before. Oh, my God, did you see eight? Make that throw? Do you see? And then they're they're showing play fakes in the quarterback room, and 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 they're showing Aaron Rodgers and and putting them side by side. Which one's going to be the pass? Which one's going to be uh, the handoff? Because they're just so great. Uh, it's over the top. I have to think that HBO is getting some pushback on just the Aaron Rodgers love fest. It's a bit. Too much. Now, something that did come out of last night's uh, episode was Robert Sala, the head coach of the New York Jets. They had joint practices last week with the Carolina Panthers. And this was him talking about his offense, but specifically his offensive line. And for the purposes of the podcast, uh, well, I don't know if I'm going to be if I'll beep out all the f bombs. Uh, I'll make that choice in what we call post production. But here's what Sala said, guys: It was our first opportunity to change the stink that's been in this organization for a very long time on the offensive side of the ball. You can have a Hall of Fame quarterback. You can have two ten million dollar plus receivers. You can have a reigning offensive rookie of the year. You can have all kinds of skill in the running back room. None of it matters until the big boys up front change who the we are. We as coaches, we as an organization can't want it more than you. And I'm watching that tape all night last night trying to find something to show that we're changing and it didn't show and it was our first op. And I'd love to say we got another practice, but you know what? It's like Sunday. You don't get Monday morning to go redo. It's getting your mind right to represent who the you are every single time you are on the field not happy is the head coach about the offensive line play uh talking about the stink of the offense for so long and regardless of hall of fame quarterback 10 million dollar receivers offensive rookie of the year 
uh, a really good running back room, uh, it doesn't matter if the boys up front uh, can't do their job. Now, what's interesting about this rant that appeared last night on Hard Knocks, a, a few things. Number one is the Jets had a joint practice last week with the Panthers, and they've got a joint practice this week with Tampa Bay. Uh, Washington just had you know the two days with Baltimore, um, but the Jets had two different joint practices or two different teams that they joint practiced with. Um, but today there were six sacks and numerous pressures that the Buccaneers put on the New York Jets offensively, to which Aaron Rodgers insisted that his concern about the offensive line is, quote, pretty low, close quote. He didn't give uh, the famous relax line from a few years ago. Uh, He preached patience and suggested that the pass protection issues will get resolved once the starting five is set. But, man, on hard knocks, you picked up the head coach talking about that offensive line. And abs- other than the Hall of Fame quarterback difference, uh, that could have been Eric Bieniemy or Ron Rivera talking maybe about Washington's offensive line. Aaron Rodgers has had, at times in the past in Green Bay, Average offensive lines, in fact, the year they won the Super Bowl, their offensive line was very banged up and injured. Um, And I don't know if he can overcome a terrible offensive line. It is their weakness, at least on paper, going into the season. Uh, The Jets' weakness is their offensive line. Remember, they wanted to draft Broderick Jones out of Georgia, uh, but couldn't because the Steelers jumped in front of them, traded with New England, picked Broderick Jones, and they then selected um, Michael. Uh, I'm sorry, Will McDonald, uh, the uh, defensive end pass rusher out of Iowa State, who, according to Hard Knocks, has had a pretty good showing uh, in camp so far. Uh, but man, um, that was getting after your offensive line in a big way after a joint practice with the Panthers last week. Now, in their uh, preseason game, the Jets have played, remember, two preseason games so far because they were in the Hall of Fame game against the Browns. Uh, in that game, uh, they gave up <clears throat> a total of one sack. Zach Wilson got sacked in that game once. In their second preseason game, the one against the Panthers, when he got after his team after the uh, joint practice, they also only gave up one sack. By the way, you know who, uh, just completely uh, off topic, kind of off topic, you know who's actually played well in his first two preseason games? Because Aaron Rodgers has not taken a snap in a preseason game as of yet. Is last year's whipping boy, Zach Wilson. Uh, He, so far, is 17 of 25 um, in the first two preseason uh, games uh, for a total of 188 yards, a touchdown, no picks. Um, He's actually looked pretty good. Uh, And there is some discussion just from Jets fans that – and Jets media that Zach Wilson is really benefiting from Aaron Rodgers being in the quarterback uh, room. But the Jets, look, you know, they got to face some big time defenses, you know, on their schedule. You know, just in the AFC East alone, don't forget that Miami's defense was good to begin with, right? And they added Vic Fangio as their defensive coordinator. 
So you've got them twice on your schedule. You've got Buffalo's defense, although, you know, they seem to be, you know, searching for sure. They, you know, Leslie Frazier moved on. Sean McDermott's going to call the defensive signals. And then New England had one of the best defenses in the league last year. And they should be really good defensively again. So the Jets are going to have... I love the Jets this year. I'm not coming off my thought that the Jets can compete uh, can compete for the AFC title, uh, certainly the AFC East title. But they open up with the Bills, Cowboys, Patriots, Chiefs. All right, those are three of those four teams were top five, top six in defense last year. So they better get their offensive line uh, situation straightened out. Um, All right, that's it for the day. I'll be back tomorrow.